Hey everyone, welcome to Ryan Reviews. So today we're going to talk about season three of The Mandalorian. So after two seasons of simple, but in my opinion, excellent storytelling, an overload of cuteness and Star Wars nostalgia, were Filoni and Favreau able to give us a worthy follow-up? Listen to the review to find out. As usual, my reviews are based on five categories at two points each for a total of 10 points with some bonus points at my discretion. I'll try to limit spoilery talk until after the review and then once I get through my final overall review um, and get into some of my favorite moments and things like that, I will give a little bit more spoilers, but I'll give a warning for that. So let's get to it. So first up is story. And for story for me this season, I'm giving it a 1.25 out of 2. I have a lot of thoughts about the story, and I'll try not to go on any major rants. To me, the season 3 story was just not as tight as the story that we got in seasons 1 and 2. Part of this is because there was a much heavier focus this season on Mandalorian lore, and it was just much more of an expansive story. Seasons 1 and 2 were more focused on Din and Grogu. It was more of a lone wolf and the cub type of story. Season 3 took us all over the galaxy and was literally about the survival of an entire planet and an entire people. There are a couple of issues here for me. First, The Mandalorian to me, as I said before, is a lone wolf and cub story. But much of this season shifted the focus away from Din Djarin and Grogu over to Bo-Katan. And while I love Bo-Katan as a character, I felt like Din and Grogu took a back seat to her. Much like Boba Fett did to Din Djarin and Grogu uh, in his own show. Expanding the story in this case was done at the expense of Din and Grogu. And as we saw in the last episode, the show works best when they're the focus. The second issue is that up until the last couple of episodes, I wasn't sure what the season was about. It felt like it was kind of meandering along. The first two seasons had a good mix of the mission of the week combined with an overarching story. And I don't think season three was able to manage that as seamlessly. I also feel like there was just too much filler for a show that was only eight episodes long. A perfect example was the Dr. Pershing episode. While I liked that episode, in the end, it felt like it was wasted. We never see Pershing again, and any revelations in that episode could have been explained with a few lines elsewhere. While I do have complaints about the overall story, there was quite a bit to like. I did like the story of the Mandalorians retaking their homeland. It's just that it was at the expense of Din and Grogu. And speaking of Grogu, I liked the progression of his character this season, as he was given a lot more to do, and it felt like he had some real agency. I know Lucasfilm has to strike the right balance between maintaining the cuteness factor for him and giving him actual things to do, and I think they did a good job of it. I love that by the final episode, he was in the middle of everything, using the Force to help Din Djarin, and I can't wait to see how they operate as a team. Finally, the story does a really good job of paying things off from the first two seasons, including some things that I just didn't expect would ever get paid off, and they deserve some kudos for long-term storytelling. So next up is performances, and performances I'm giving a 1.5 out of 2. The show gave us solid performances throughout, but nothing groundbreaking. Though the puppeteers and engineers responsible for Grogu deserve an Emmy, because I'm still amazed at how lifelike he appears. Katie Sackhoff gets a lot of work this season, and she's great. And Pedro Pascal also does a great job as Din Djarin, as usual. This season he shows a little bit more range, and the character... You know, he has some funny moments, and uh, the moments where I think he, he's really concerned for Grogu, he actually does a really good job with his voice acting and making me feel the fear that he has. So I think he did a good job with the little bit that he really has to work with um, under the mask and with not a ton of dialogue or focus on his character. 
There's also a good mix of fan servicey cameos, as well as some well-known actors. And though there was one episode that maybe was a bit much, I, I didn't mind it over, overall. My only complaint is that the big bad this season really goes into a bit of mustache twirling, monologuing villain territory uh, and makes some bad choices that could have easily been avoided. So next up to me is audiovisual, which I'm giving it to. Uh, this show looked great. Uh, it's the best it's looked in the three seasons. I can't think of a moment where I really thought, oh, this is bad CGI or any moment really visually where I, I didn't. I was taken out of it. I just thought it looked great throughout. I love seeing Mandalore fully realized, and it looked great. I love the dogfights and space battles. Uh, I mean, it, it really it looked cinematic. Um, the fight choreography was also really good. I really enjoyed uh, how they worked out the fights. Uh, Din Djarin had tricks up his sleeves that he didn't have the first couple seasons. I thought they did a really great job with, with just the action, again, with the choreography, uh, with the looks. Um, there were a couple of amazing shots. I thought the gauntlet tracing the dragon was a beautiful shot, the one where it's kind of the sun in the backdrop and the gauntlet chasing the dragon looked really good. There's a great shot of an X-Wing uh, drifting in space, investigating a transport that I thought looked really great. I think there was just visually some really great shots throughout. And again, choreography was great. Um, action looked really good and CGI was, was, was top notch uh, this season. Also, as I've mentioned a couple times already, Grogu looked great. Um, and with even more to do physically, uh, movement-wise and action-wise, I thought they did a great job of, of making it look work. And I don't know if it was all puppet work or some combination of CGI, but it all looked lifelike and believable. And I think they really get and deserve some kudos for that. On the audio side, uh, not much to add, but I, I'm continuing to... I love Luke. Ludwig Göransson's uh, score. Uh, it continues to progress off of seasons one and two. I think I, he's done a fantastic job um, musically uh, through for the first few seasons. And those moments that are supposed to really hit hard work really well. Uh, the moments where you're supposed to feel something work well. So I, I love the score. I love the changes that he's made, you know, to the theme or, the, or incorporating it or incorporating parts of the theme. Um, into newer parts for this season. I just thought he does a really great job. There are also some really good musical Easter eggs throughout uh, that I appreciated. So again, audiovisual too for me, I thought, again, continuing to do a fantastic job. So next up is The Feels, which I'm giving a 1.5. I'm not going to go too much um, into it as there's not a lot to talk about. I think the show does a good job of delivering on its big moments and making them work and making you feel something, especially episode eight. I think it does a very good job of getting getting that. Uh, it doesn't reach the heights of seeing Luke Skywalker in season two, but I think it, it's really hard to do that. And I think the show does a good job at not ever trying to match that. I, I don't know that there's much on TV as a, as a huge Star Wars fan that's ever going to match that moment in season two. And so I think they did a good job of not trying to. Um, the last couple of episodes, I, I think, do really good... Did, did a really good job of making me feel as if our leads were actually in peril. There, were, there was a moment where I thought some of the major characters were really, really in peril. And I think that they did a good job of that because really, like... It, it's hard to imagine that certain characters uh, could be on death's door. But I think that, again, the show does a very good job of making you feel real genuine fear. And it was a first for the show. I think the show's done a great job of making you feel 
for the characters at times, but to really feel as if, oh, wow, that something really bad might happen. I think this was the first time. I also thought uh, the show had some genuinely funny moments. Um, there there were a couple of lines that, that worked really well. I think there's some cheesy lines mixed in as well, but definitely had some very funny moments, more so than I think the first couple of seasons. Um, and again, Grogu's effective as usual. I, I'm always amazed that every episode, every couple of episodes, they're able to give me something that makes me still think he's the cutest character ever. And uh, so, so three seasons in, to continue to do that, uh, very good job. And finally, we get to internal logic and consistency, which I'm giving a 1.25. So look, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, uh, and obviously we're grading this on a curve. There's a lot uh, that I would be more nitpicky on a more serious uh, movie or show that I'm going to give it a little bit of a pass for. there are a couple of issues I have with the season. Um, there's quite a bit of redundancy kind of written into it uh, at various points. For example, it's a bit of a spoiler, but not giving away too much. Uh, the Mandalorians as a group, or at least the, the covert that Din belongs to, are forced to leave their home. And almost as soon as they get a new home, they make a decision to go to another home. So I think, you know, again, something like that, Like I feel like it was a little... Chunky could have been written better, maybe a little bit more cleanly, that we didn't need this kind of, okay, we're going all moving to one place, and now we're all getting up and moving again. There's another point in an episode where you have one character looking for another character, but then that character is also looking to, for the first character, so it just seemed weird that they were both kind of desperately searching for the other ones when you could have, again, made it a little bit clearer. So I just feel like there are a few situations where there are just things... A, you could have been it could have been tightened up and cleaned up a little bit. So I don't know that it's a logical issue, uh, but it, it just was a little redundant for me. There's also a couple of issues with Mandalorian lore, where I like that the show focuses on it, but then there are times where it feels like they're just making it up, uh, and that the rule and not and more that obviously they're making everything up, but I feel like the rules are being made up to serve the story. And people make some choices throughout that I just don't believe based on what they've done and how they've acted through the first few seasons. I don't know that I believe they would make those choices. Um, And finally, there's an annoying inconsistency with the jetpacks where in some situations they run out of gas really early. And then in other situations, uh, they can reach escape velocity without, uh, you know, without issues and getting into space. So I feel like. Again, logical issue, uh, maybe a line or two here could have explained that some of that stuff away. Uh, it wasn't egregious, uh, but a couple of things I noticed, but I didn't spend the whole season thinking, oh, crap, this, that, and the other thing is wrong with it. And it might be my own uh, blinders being on uh, and bias for uh, you know looking past some of the um, inconsistencies in Star Wars. But again, wasn't perfect. And again, not as tight as the first couple seasons, but it didn't completely take me out of it. So overall, uh, this season gets a 7.5 for me, and it's definitely my, by far the lowest score I've given uh, the f- of the first three seasons of The Mandalorian. It pains me a little bit because I, I love the show, uh, and I love what they've done the first couple of seasons. Uh, and there is a lot to like individually. Uh, there were some great episodes this season, uh, but as a whole, it's just a little messy, not as tight as seasons one and two. And again, just meanders along a little bit up until the last couple episodes where it finally does kick it into high gear. Some of the highlights, there were some fantastic visuals and battle sequences. Uh, They continue to do amazing work with Grogu. And it does finish with a lead-in to season four that makes me optimistic that the show is going to write itself. And some of the lowlights for me were that it shifted the focus from Din Djarin and Grogu. And there was no real direction. Again, I said it, I've said it a few times. It was meandering along until those final two episodes where it did start to, to kick things in high gear. 
So with that out of the way, we're going to get into a bit of spoilery territory, uh, so be forewarned. Uh, so first up is my MVP for the season. So the MVP for me has to be Katie Sackhoff's Bo-Katan. I think she's great as a character, as she's she voiced the character in The Clone Wars and has been great. She was great in season two. And for most of the season, she's really the lead. Uh, she's the only character who goes through any real changes and or a character arc this season. You don't really get that from Din Djarin or Grogu. She starts the season pretty much having given up on being a leader, mostly because she doesn't possess Darksaber and, and I guess people won't follow her. And she kind of reluctantly agrees to join the Covert and an enemy of sorts. And she then agrees to bring all the Mandalorians together and then she acquires Darksaber and by the end she's effectively the leader of the Mandalorians and even more so uh, important for her is she's effectively the leader without Darksaber, which has been destroyed. So she's great both in performance and as a character and actually goes through a real arc where she actually changes from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. It might have been better placed in her own show, but there's no arguing that she carries the story for most of the season. So my favorite episode uh, has to be the finale, The Return. Uh, It's easily, to me, the best episode of the season. It was an exciting episode. It looked amazing. And most importantly, I think it did, as an an episode, shift the focus a little bit more back to Din Djarin and Grogu. Uh, It had everything. It had great hand-to-hand combat. It had some great fights in the air. Uh, Bo-Katan flying into the fray with Darksaber looked amazing. We had Grogu really getting into it. Uh, You know, we've had him in the past kind of step up in a moment and use the force and then fall asleep. But in this case, he was hopping around, using the force to stop the uh, Praetorian Guard, using the force to stop uh, Gideon. There was this amazing scene where he he does a sliding force push on Gideon, which I loved. So I, again, think episode eight was a really great episode and solid finale and definitely easily the best episode of the season. So my favorite moment. So this is hard for me, so I'm going to... I'm going to cheat a little bit uh, based on my own rules. I'm going to do my top three Grogu moments and then my top three moments that don't involve Grogu. So first moment with Grogu is when he gets IG-12 and starts hitting the no and yes. I thought it was a great and hilarious use of that character. And I think it worked to give him a chance to communicate without actually making him say anything. And it was really funny, his use of like incessantly tapping no or yes um depending on the situation was was really funny and worked really well and i, I love that i love that he had that the ig12 and i love that it also was destroyed so that it, it's not overused in the in the finale we get some in my second moment in the finale we get some great moments with grogu my favorite was when they're all fighting gideon and he and i as i mentioned before he does the sliding the running slide and force push to grow to uh gideon it looked good and to me it makes it makes me really think that they're going to be able to pull off him being more involved in, in action scenes uh, as as he moves forward as Din Djarin's real apprentice. And my third favorite movement comes from episode two when Din is captured and Grogu goes off to find Bo-Katan. It's not the first time we watch Grogu save the day, as it's happened several times, but for me it was the first time he really showed true agency as he had his own thing to do. He had, he had to escape, you know, find Bo-Katan and bring her back. And I think it you know, did a really good job of, of doing that with him on his own. And I like that, again, it gives me hope that he's really gonna get more, more to do. So my favorite non-Grogu moments. So there's an amazing shot with the gauntlet tracing the dragon that I mentioned before with the sun in the background in episode four. Uh, and in a show that has had some great visuals, I thought that was, you know, one of the best. So it's a moment, uh, but it's more just this visual moment that I really liked. I really liked the shot, how it was framed and how it looked. It was great to me. 
My second favorite moment I also mentioned before is Bo-Katan and the Mandalorians flying into the fray. She's wielding Darksaber. Uh, the armor has her tools. I just thought it was a badass moment. It looked great, and it was really just fun to watch. And finally, my third favorite moment uh, is the uh, Ahmed Best cameo. And I thought that was that was awesome. Uh, it, it involved Grogu, so I, I'm cheating a little bit. But uh, it was really great to see. We get a little bit more backstory for Grogu. But more importantly, for someone who's gone through so much uh, with the fandom, it was nice to see him get praise and such a warm welcome back. So I really loved that scene. It was, it was a nice use of fan service and a nice cameo. As I mentioned before, the show does a good, pretty good job with the cameos this year. You're not going to match Luke Skywalker, so don't even try something like that. But things like this just worked really well and were heartwarming. So look, season three was always going to be a difficult task. An argument can and has been made that seasons one and two represented the perfect arc for Din and Grogu. As painful as it was, you know, in some ways tragic as it might have been, especially for somebody who, who enjoys Lone Wolf and the Cub type stories and to watch the wolf lose his cub, it, it represented a really a beautiful arc. And uh, it can be argued that the show should have ended there. So obviously Disney was not going to let that happen. So we were going to get a season three. And I, but I do think a mistake was made by adding the Din and Grogu reunion to Boba Fett. I get why they did it, but I think this season would work much better if, if that reunion was worked into this season. And obviously it would be reworked because we probably wouldn't be so heavily focused on with, with Boba Fett. But I feel like the, we were missing something by not getting that in this season. With all that out of the way, I do think it was still a solid season. It, it's a Star Wars show, and at the end of the day, it's a kid's show, so you can't take it too seriously. There was there was great action. Uh, we had plenty of Grogu cuteness, and I think that things are heading in the right direction. So hopefully you don't have to wait as long for season four. I think that might be, might have been some of the problem, is that we waited a solid two-plus years for the season. So it's a little bit of a letdown that we waited so long and and so much of the season kind of shifted away from from the characters that we love i do like that the season didn't try to compete with season two which had luke and ahsoka and instead it gave us fan service without trying to to match that which is nearly impossible was season three worth the wait uh, i'm sure opinions are going to vary wildly most important for me is that it hasn't tempered my excitement for the show about future seasons and it was a solid season of the show so i'm excited moving forward and hopeful. And while it wasn't my favorite season of The Mandalorian, uh, I'll take what I can get and looking forward to season four. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. We can be found on all social media platforms at portable underscore hole. You can also find our videos on YouTube at Portable Hole Publishing, and you can email us at portablehole pub at gmail.com.